This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, Rabbi Epstein. Good evening, Kleistro. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazak. Hold on tight. Um, I first of all want to thank Torah Anytime. The, the, the only reason for the uh, internet, these are my Tamidim, both Ruvain and, uh, and Shimon, and um, I never really agreed with them so much on that, and now I, I, can't, I can't say how much Baruch Hashem wasn't for Torah anytime, I don't know, so Akash Baruch created the Rufua before the Macho that we have Torah anytime, and that everybody could watch Shiurim, and many, many Shiurim, and they should be gesund, especially Rufua Shalema, to their father, Yaakov Ben Saro, who's in the hospital, he should have Rufu Shalema. Also to Jackie Biton's husband, very big tzaddik, Elinatan Yisrael Shlomo, Ben Malka Freyde, he's also in the hospital, should have Rufu Shalema. And of course, all the Chayla Yisrael should have Rufu Shalema. Rabbi Epstein, thank you for your chizik. So, um, I want to tell everyone a story that happened to me um, three years ago. So um, we had just opened the ranch, and Baruch Hashem, we had the high school, and a lot of good things, and I was really feeling good about myself. And I was in Eretz Yisrael for, uh, for Yom Kippur, and um, I was leaving the night after Yom Kippur, and let's say Yom Kippur, I went to a very, very big tzaddik, and um, he said, what could I do for you? And I said, I have one question, um, I know the tzaddik is Ruch HaKodesh, I said, could you just tell me if Hashem is happy with me? And the deep of my recess of my mind, of course, I, I figured that he'd be very happy with me. I have all these things going on. Just spent Jim Kippur, cried by the Kaisel and the Elah. I was going to get a good answer, I was hoping anyway. So um, he closed his eyes, and I thought it would take a minute, but it took a lot more than a minute. I got a little nervous. Because for you know for, for him to come back and say Shemayim is happy with you, Rabbi Wallerstein, it would have taken a moment. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Some static. I don't know what's going on. And it took him about fifteen minutes with his eyes closed. And finally, he opened his eyes, and he looked at me, and he said, "Hashem's not happy with you, Zechariah Wallerstein." I said, "Excuse me." He said, "Hashem's not happy with you." I said, "Why?" What did I do? And he looked at me and he said, when you speak, you sometimes criticize um, certain parts of Klai Yisrael. You give Musr. Hashem is like a father. Parents know when their children are misbehaving. The last thing they want is to hear it from someone else. When a parent goes to PTA, they're going to PTA to hear how great their kids are. That the kid's a 70 student, they know the kid's a 70 student, they have a report card. So even as teachers, we always knew, always say something good to the parent before you even start talking. He said, Hashem doesn't like that you say negative things about Kleistral. You better clean it up. That was three years ago. I was shocked because you're supposed to give Musser and talk about people who talk about, I mean, whatever. And that's what I was doing. And how do you give Musser 
without being critical. I was very disturbed to find out that Shemayim is not happy with me. Even to a point, the way he said it, I thought my life was in danger. That's how scary it was to hear that. So I changed, and those who listen to my shurim, some of them are complaining to me that you used to be fire and brimstone, and you used to rip apart a lot of parts of Klai Yisrael that weren't doing what they were supposed to, and you got very quiet about it, and people were disturbed, like, what happened to you? You got old? I was like, no, I got advice. So, I am not getting up here tonight and saying the negative of Kleistro specifically when we're in danger. The Makatrig, the Satan, when we speak negative about Kleistro, takes our words to Shemayim and says, I'm not saying anything. It's your own kids that are testifying against their brothers and sisters. So I'm not going to get up here and tell you why, why we're not in shul, why we're not in yeshiva, people are calling me, they know why we are Hashem's children. He knows our failures. He knows our successes. He loves us. This is not about anger. This is not about punishment. Um, it's definitely an awakening. But it's the times of Mashiach. And this is what we've asked for. And this is what we've davened for. And the Gemara was very clear that they were very big tzaddikim in the times of the Gemara, Tanoim, that said, after they saw in Ruach HaKodesh what the times of Mashiach would look like, I would rather not live in those times. But we are all here. And we are all living in these times. I spoke to someone I know very well, very big tzaddik, a very special man who gives a lot of charity. Just spoke to him about an hour ago and he said to me, I think I just lost everything. Um, I'm not going to say what business he's in, but he's in a business that today is not happening at all. He had orders for these few months from all over the world. Every single order is canceled. His business is closed. Hundreds of people that work for him are out of business. I said to him, and he's an older, older man who worked so hard to build up this business, he can't start again. I said, so how are you dealing with this? And this very special man said to me, it's Mashiach. I'm ready. I've been waiting for him for a very long time. Is Mashiach coming tomorrow? Right, Walsy, don't say it's Mashiach because if he doesn't show up tomorrow, then everyone's going to be disillusioned. It's definitely the times of Mashiach. There's only 220 years left to the world, to the year 6,000. Very big Mekobol brought down from a Sefer that we left Mitzrayim 220 years early. And those 220 years are still hanging in the world that we got out of Mitzrayim early. And if you count from this Pesach night until the year 6000, it's 5,780, there's 220 years left.
So by telling you Mashiach is coming tomorrow, Rav Chaim can tell you that. I can't tell you that. Are we in the birth pains of Mashiach? 100%. Many years ago, I had kidney stones. Very, very painful thing to go through. No one should know from it. And people were saying, is a machloikis if kidney stones are as painful as childbirth? I said, listen, I'm not a woman. I never gave birth. But I can tell you one thing. When you're going through kidney stones, you know that what's going to pass, when it passes, is a stone. It's worthless. So all your pain is just going to get you a stone. When you're pregnant with a child, even though you're in a lot of pain, in the, in the back of your mind, it's a, you're able to handle the pain because you're not having a stone, you're having a child. We need to think about this Pesach, that we got ourselves... We are in the labor, the end part of the labor of Mashiach, the Echotzer de Mashiach, the birth pains of Mashiach. And in the end of all this death and sickness and lack of Parnassah and everything that we're going through, we're not getting a stone. We're getting a base of Migdash and we're getting Mashiach and we're getting the Shechina HaGdoisha, should be Megala, should be revealed in the world. And that should help. This man is a very plain Pashriyid who said to me, I'm good. He took away all the money in the world that I've been speaking about the whole time. You could say it's derech it's nature. One guy loses money, this business, the, 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 the real estate business is better, the jewelry business is diff- better, the banking business is better, the nursing home business is better, and it, it's cyclical. We know, everybody knows who's in business, that business is cyclical, the stock market is cyclical, gold is cyclical, Finances is cyclical. Seven years, whatever, they have all these graphs. So it goes from one place, goes to the other. It's called Zuzim. Not this time. This time Hashem took trillions. No, now it's more than trillions. Every day it's more and more and more. And he, he just took it off the world and didn't give it to nobody. It's not like it went from one guy's pocket to another guy's pocket. He just took all this money off the world. Times of Mashiach says that certain things will become very expensive, very, 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 very expensive, and that there'll be a shortage of other things. Those things in the Gemara is wine, whatever it says, but there'll be shortages, there'll be, it'll be expensive, and um, that's what's happening. So, so yes, it's hard, and yes, being alone is very hard. I never understood, and the Shulchan Aruch, it says that if you're sitting alone by your by your Seder, you still have a chayv to say the Manashtana. And I'm thinking like, ah, who sits alone and says the Manashtana by there? Like, when does that ever happen? All these years, over 60 years, I'm like, when does that happen that a guy sits alone? Shukran sure has to tell you, that you sit alone, so who are you asking? I think, this is very connected to what Rabbi Epstein said, I think it's a crazy lesson in that halacha. Now, Lacha says, if you're alone, which we never dreamt anyone would be alone, and my, my mother's going to be alone, so many people are going to be alone, which is heartbreaking, that the Lacha is you have to say Manashtana. So the Kasha is, who are you saying Manashtana to? Who are you talking to? You know what the answer is? Yourself. Why is this night different than all other nights? Why is this gullus, why is this disease, why is this situation, this Pesach, 
different than all the other Pesachs ever since we left Mitzrayim. Every other, we had Chamet HaMatzah. Party. Big, big everything. Everything was great. And we had a hard time. We had great times. Up and down. Depends what business you're in. Matzah. Matzah doesn't rise. Matzah is Lechemayni. Shemachal Aleilozanuachlim. We eat all kinds of vegetables. This Pesach, Mara. It's very, very, very bitter. Why is this different? But, the second part, and this is my share tonight, to give you all chizik and to give myself chizik, is on all other nights, we dip once like kings. Tonight, we dip twice like kings. Once is like a regular person. Yeah, your pita, whatever, you, whatever you're dipping into you. But tonight, we're kings. Every other night, we sit straight, leaning. Appearance don't like us if we're leaning. Tonight, we're all kings. So when you're sitting alone, everyone who never has to sit alone, or you're sitting just with your wife, and your kids are not there, or your grandchildren are not there, and the first part is sitting and saying, oh my gosh, we never had a pace like, like this ever, ever in our lives, and it's marar, and it's lechemayni. Remember the last two. We're still kings. We're free and we're kings. And we're dipping twice. Even though one of those dippings is in salt water, the other one of those dippings is in charoshas. And remember that we're leaning like kings. What do you mean? People are dying. People are sick. I don't have a business. It's marar. It's lechavayni. Not, it's not a kidney stone, everybody. It's the pangs of labor of Mashiach. It's the pangs of labor of the whole world, like Mitzrayim that night saw, that night saw that it, was, that it was God and He's the only one in the whole world, and they screamed to Klai Yisrael to get out and go free. This is the night that the world will scream, there is one God, and Klai Yisrael, it's time for you to go free. So now I understand that the Shulchan Aruch understood that there will be a time where people will have to be sitting alone. And you have to ask yourself these questions. In Pashas, it's very much, in all the Mufarshim, it says that if you want to understand the times of today, look at the holiday, the Yantif, look at the Parsha, actually, Shavua. And it'll tell you what's going on. Look at the Haftar, look at the Parsha. So right now we need to be focused on Pesach to understand what is going on. One of the hardest words, and many, many people are very broken right now. They feel very lost. 
and they don't understand why tzaddikim are dying, crazy big bali tzedakah are dying, yeshiva light, and Yisrael is suffering. Everyone thought that when Mashiach comes, the whole world's going to die, and we're gonna, no one's going to die from Yisrael. When we came out of Mitzrayim, it's not the way it happens. So, I want to read to you, I, I talk about it a lot, I talk about Yosef HaTzadik, who went through a very, very hard time. I don't think any of us in this lifetime can even understand what he went through. The chosen son of Yaakov Avinu. He was called Yosef HaTzadik, the Chidot says. He, was the fa- he is and was and will be the foundation of Klai Yisrael, the first Mashiach that we'll see is Mashiach Ben Yosef. The foundation of Klai Yisrael and his own brothers took him and threw him into this pit. It didn't kill him. Then they sold him. And in his worst moment of his life, where he thought he was totally forgotten by Hashem, he was put in a caravan that was sold, telling him to sell him to Mitzrayim, most immoral, most immoral, vicious country in the world, with the most witchcraft and the most avoid desire. He knew where he was going. And he sat in this caravan and he thanked Hashem that normally this caravan used to carry tar, which smelled terrible, and this, this time the caravan for some reason was carrying spice. So in his pain, he looked at Hashem and he said, I know that you're there. And it's very important that all of us that are listening tonight know that even amongst everything that's going on, and the wailing of the sirens, and all the sick people, and everything that Klyasrol is going through, we need to be able to focus on the time that we're in. And to understand... Like Yosef HaTzadik understood that a Baruch Hu never forgets his children. And I never understood how Yosef withstood Potiphar's wife. I deal with a lot of people who go through hard trauma. And we know that you cannot blame someone for the way they, the way, how they come out of trauma. And Yosef, Yosef went through all this trauma, sold to Mitzrayim, bought by Potiphar. For, as the, I don't even get into what the, Rashi says, for the most biggest Avera Potiphar wanted to do with him, the biggest sin, and, and he didn't touch Yosef because he saw he was in Ishalokim, different, different shear, but he didn't touch him. So Yosef was such a big tzaddik, he always talked about Hashem, that he stayed away from him. And along comes Potiphar's wife, which the Chidah calls, she was called the beer. She was a beer, she was the most beautiful woman ever created, the Chidah says. Mamash created by the Satan, she was unbelievably beautiful tries to seduce this little, this Jewish boy who was Yafas Mara, who was very, very pretty and very, very good looking and all the reasons to go off the derech, sold by his brothers, away from his father, separated from, from everything that he knew and nobody would have ever caught him and instead, by Yimah and Yosef, Yosef refuses her, by Yonos, he runs out and it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. If I read such a story about it, uh, it would be, it's unbelievable. And if I was to write the story, I was right. He ran out, and uh, that, he, that he overcame his Yetzirah. Hashem sent an angel, an eagle, picked up Yosef as, uh, while he's running out of the house, took him back to Canaan, landed, dropped him off by his father in Yeshiva, and he passed his Nisayan. Avraham Avinu, when he passed his Nisayan, that was it. Hashem Berechus Avraham Bakol. He passed his last Nisayan. Okay, that's Yitzchak. And Hashem gave him, and that makes sense. You passed your biggest test and Hashem rewarded you. 
What was Yosef's reward? He must have felt so good at that point that he beat the Yitzhahara. What did they do? What was his reward? They threw him into a dungeon. What was he thinking? Hashem, where are you? I just, I just passed the biggest test. What happened to Abraham? That's, that's how you reward me? You throw me into a dungeon? And he's in this dungeon with these, these two Egyptians. And nobody knows. His brothers will never find him. His father will never find him. No one's ever going to ever find him. And the last word in Pashas Vayeshev, which is where many people today feel we're at. We're at. And the Sayyid didn't he specifically didn't remember Yosef. And then the last word in Pashas Vayeshev is Vayishkochehu. And he was forgotten. Yosef HaTzadik was forgotten. There are many people listening to this share tonight that are looking at their Pesach and looking at what's going on and feel the Jewish nation, the Jews in New York City, California, Israel, everywhere, the world has been forgotten. But Hashem never forgets His creations. He never forgets his children. Turn the page in the Chumash and the next word after Vayishkechehu is Vayihi Miketz Shunasayim and it was the end of those two years. Just turn the page. In one moment you feel forgotten and Akash Baruch Hu turns the page Mitzvah Hashem will turn the page for us. And Paro has a dream, and he's pulled out, Rosh Hashanah actually, they shave him, they clean him up, they put him in a suit, this, this slave, this Jewish slave, and he becomes second to the king of the world. And Yosef never thought for one second that Hashem forgot him. And the whole time that he's translating the dream, he's saying... He says, Without Hashem, I can't answer you. And every three psukim, all he says, all he keeps saying, It's one, it's one a dream. A person can forget us. But God never forgets us, anybody. And whoever's watching this, don't you for one second think that he's angry at us. He's not angry at us. And that's not what he wants to hear. And it's not what he wanted Rabbi Wallerstein to talk about, how Hashem is angry at Klai Yisrael. He's not angry at us. He's preparing us for Mashiach, and we have to take our game up a level to go from being an amateur to becoming a professional. So he's putting us in our houses, and he's saying, I love you, and I'm, being, I'm bringing the beginning of the new world. 
But to be part of the beginning of that team, you can't play in the minors. You're going into the major leagues. You need to straighten out your swing. You need to run a little faster. You need to bring it up a level. I don't hate you. I'm not angry at you. I'm not bringing Mashiach because I'm angry at you. That doesn't make any sense. But I need you to be ready for Mashiach. And therefore I need you all to bring it up a level. It's not a criticism. There's something that I heard many years ago that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. And it's complimenting someone at the same time criticizing them. What does that mean? How could you compliment and criticize at the same time? So, it works like this. Just to give you an example so you understand what's going on. So, you have this, give you a marshal with a, with a ball player. So you have this guy that you spent millions and millions and millions and millions of, it's called positive criticism. That's what it's called. I heard this by a very big professor who was talking about positive criticism and how it works and it's amazing. And I've been, Baruch I've been using it in school. I've been using it with kids. It, it, it works. It works with everybody, adults and children. What does that mean? Positive criticism. So if you you have this guy that you you you're spending millions of dollars and he's batting number four, he's a cleanup guy, he's your main ball player, right? And he's striking out. He's in a slump. He's not doing well. And you spent all this money. He's not doing well. So you have two ways. One way you could say, listen, I spent all this money on you. You're a failure. You either get it going or or you're out. That's not going to work. It's just going to put more pressure, and he's going to think more, and he's going to strike out more. Or you go over to him and say, listen. You're the, you're the best baseball player in the world. There's no one better than you. And you're in a slump. Don't worry about it. We know, we, we're leaving you number four, and we know you're going to come out of it. Because you are the best in the world. What's this guy going to do? He's going to look in the mirror, and he's going to say, you know, I am the best in the world, but I'm really letting my team down. I'm going to get up every single morning, and I'm going to go practice an extra two hours. And that's what he's going to do, and that's what he's going to do, and that's what he's going to do, and all of a sudden he's going to come out of a slump, and he's going to be the home run hitter, the home run leader. So when you compliment someone, right, you have a kid in your class, he's not doing well, but he's very, very smart, and he's d- dreaming a lot. So instead of screaming at him, you tell him, listen, you, you just answered a question in the Gemara that, that, that was Rashi's question. Do you understand that you are thinking on the level right now of Rashi? Do you, do you know that you're thinking like Rashi? Oh my God, I had a kid in my class that thought like Rashi. Kid's going to be like, Rashi? I'm like, Rashi? He's going to go and start learning because you, the, the, the positive reinforcement you gave him will make him criticize himself. So this person that I went to, this Baruch HaKodesh, said to me, I said, how do you, how could I give criticism to Kleisrael, to my Talmudim, not to talk like that, not to go to a kiddush club, all these other things I'm talking about, how could I do that without being negative? What does Hashem want? He said, tell them what kind of superstars they are, and they're not going to want to walk out. 
for kiddish. They're not going to want to talk by davening. They're not going to want to look at things they shouldn't. Don't tell them you're looking at things. Tell them you know who you are. You know what you can do with your eyes? That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants you to compliment your children to bring them to criticize themselves. And there were big tzaddik. I'm not on that level. There were big tzaddik and there were big rebels. Rabbi Levi, Yitzhak Baditchev never said something negative to a Jew. He said something so positive that the person said, oh, I have to live up to that. It also talks about Aaron Akayin. He would say wonderful things about people. They would want to live up to that. So what's going on right now, everybody, is a Kodesh Baruch who's saying, now you're bad. I'm throwing you out of shul. Do me a favor. Has there ever been so many minyanim? Let's look at the good of Klai Yisrael, everybody. Nobody misses minyan. And talking in shul from when I was growing up has been smattered. Baruch Hashem with that organization, you know, the no talking in shul. And, and everybody, unbelievable. One guy's phone goes up in shul, everybody goes crazy. They may have to shiur and we, come on everybody, we were just that. A CMHS of 60, of, of, of a million people. There was never so much Torah. Stop everyone ragging on Klai Yisrael. There's never been so much tzedakah. Yes, you're right. We make, we, we spend money on things we shouldn't spend money. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 2,000 years, we don't have a base of Migdash. We haven't seen you. Look at the Jewish nation that had a base of Migdash, what they did. We don't have a base of Migdash. We're not doing those things. Come on, everybody. Come on. Moshe Beno told Hashem by the ego, when Hashem said, I want to destroy the Klyotrol, Moshe Beno said to Hashem, well, before you destroy us, there was a marshal, before you marry the new, before you get rid of the old wife, make sure you have a new wife. So, before you get rid of Klyotrol, check out the other nations. Hashem came back and said, ha, 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 after checking out all the other ones, I want you. Come on, everybody who's watching. Let's stop ragging on Klyotrol. Who gives it the amount of tzedakah that we give? Amount of, uh, of yeshivas, Tyra, learning, shiurim, shiurim talashan, there was never a Chavetz Chaim foundation, shiurim talashan, women going to shiurim, when did women in Europe go to shiurim? And, and women having sneers groups and, and shiurim talashan groups, Come on, let's get real. He's not angry at us. He didn't close our shoes because we don't dive in correctly. Close our shoes because he needs us to take it to another level. So we need to go home and get our game on a different level. We need to get ready for Mashiach. Stop ragging on Klyisrael. Yes, we all need to grow. We always need to grow. Hashem, you go look at the rest of the world. You want the Iraqis, the Iranians? Who, what nation? What nation? What nation does the tzedakah? When I, when I tell non-Jewish people the charities that we have, they're like, we push it, we pull around the plate and people put a dollar in it. I go to people for charity, for girls, who they don't even know, they never heard of, they have nothing to do with. And... They help. Where were there ever a Hatzalah in Klai Yisrael? Or a Chai Lifeline? Or all the other ones having children for divorced ladies, for orphans, 
for Kailal people, when were there ever so many Kailalim in Klai Yisrael? So you're like, so what does Hashem want from us? We're doing better than ever. And the answer is, take the game up. Mashiach's coming. Gotta be professionals. So you gotta go home. And you gotta think about Manishtana. And what do I need to do to take my game up, to be ready to be Makabel, the Shechina, to be at the base Hamigdash Hashlishi? Need to take it up. Okay. You're the best there is in the world, Kleistral. So you need to take it up. Even if you're in a little bit of a slump, you can come out of that slump. And that's what happened to Yosef Atzadik. He knew he wasn't forgotten. And you know what the rest of the world is going to say very soon about all of us? Paro, the worst, the lowest. Said to the nation of Mitzvim, the lowest, in the world, most immoral, they did the craziest immoral acts that you can't even imagine. And he says to his people, did you ever meet a man that has the spirit of God like this? Because that's all he talked about. In his gullus, from his father and his brothers, in Mitzrayim, all he talked about is, Ein od mevado. I can't do anything without God. As this man told me an hour ago, he took away my business, I came to realize, this man is a workaholic, he goes to work all the time, doesn't miss, and he's like, I realize, it ain't mine. How do I know it ain't mine? Because if it was mine, he couldn't take it away. And the next Pasuk, by Yom Paral Yosef. Now Paral is not talking to his nation, he's talking to Yosef. Now that you know all this, I've come to a conclusion. There's no one in the world like you. Jewish nation that's listening. There's no one in the world like us. Don't beat yourself up. It's not what this is about. Hashem loves us. Don't you dare talk bad about us. He doesn't want to hear bad about his children. Positive criticism. Talk about our greatness. And if we're not there, we'll come out of this slump We'll do the work, each one of us. Inner growth. We have time to think about what we need to do so that every single one of us that's alive today can be alive in the greeting of Mashiach, who's definitely, we are definitely now in those birthing pains. I want to turn to Parshas. Shemos, listen carefully. Because again, this is the time of Pesach. The Melech Mitzrayim died. We finally got a break. And we got a break. We cried. And we got a break. 
which is interesting that we, we were crying after the king died. But Yishma Elokim is not custom, and Hashem heard our cries. But Yalokim is B'nai Yisrael, and Hashem saw us. But Yedalokim, and Hashem knew. What is this Pasik Chavhe? I've spoken about this many times. Chavdal said that Hashem heard our cries and he remembered us. And then Chavhe says that he saw us and he knew. What did he know? He knows everything. God knows everything. What did he know? What does it mean? It says Rashi, and this has a lot to do with what we're going through right now. You need to know that Hashem was thinking about them all the time and He never lifted His eyes from them. Don't think, Jewish nation, that even though you're going through all this pain and you're crying out to me, it happened then, don't think that I don't know what's going on. And when, when the next few psukim, when Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, a very important Rashi for us right now. Hashem spoke from the, the burning bush. It was a thorn bush. Not a different tree. Why? I didn't speak to you from a, an olive tree. I spoke to you from a thorn bush, which rips things, which is painful. That you should know that I am with you in your pain. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to. Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to go to Mitzrayim and take Klai out. He said it's much better if Aaron, Aaron takes. He, he didn't want to do it. Hashem said you have to do it, and he goes down to Mitzrayim, and he tells Paro to take them out, and it gets worse. It gets much worse, and he doesn't understand. Why did you make it worse? Why did you send me? You made it worse. You didn't save Klal It looks like things are getting much worse. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I don't understand. It's the times of, of getting out of Mitzrayim. And things are getting worse. We're asking the same question. It's the time of Mashiach, and things are getting worse. Turn the page, like Vayishkachehu, and now you're going to see the Geula. So things got worse before they got better. Now we're going to see the Geula because things got worse. It's a time for introspection. Of course, it's a time to daven, but the same thing when we got stuck in front of the Yamsuf and the Mitzrayim were behind us and the Yamsuf was in front of us and we started diving to Hashem. Hashem said, Matitzak Eli. Now is not the time to cry to me. Davil B'nai Yisrael, talk to the B'nai Yisrael, but you so. Now is not the time to cry. Davin. Now's the time to do. So everybody asks, what do you mean it's not the time to daven? When a Jew's in trouble, that's the time to daven. And the answer is that for miracles to happen, for us to change the teva, it takes more than tefillah. It takes, 
it takes action. So Kodesh Baruch Hu said, when you're stuck, your mom is stuck like we are right now. You're stuck. Mitra on one side, Yamsu on the other side, and you're praying. Hashem says it's going to take more than that. It's going to take action. Go! You so get into the Yamsuf. What does it mean it has, it's going to take action? You have to do something to break Teva. So each one of us, I'm not telling anyone what to do. Something that became your nature that's negative. You watch too much movies. I don't know. You don't get dressed correctly. You don't talk to your parents correctly. You don't talk to your wife correctly. You don't talk to your husband correctly. You talk by that. I don't know what your Teva became your Teva. You, you don't give tzedakah. You spend money on things you shouldn't. I don't know what your Teva, what that nature. So we all have good natures and we have bad natures. What Hashem was the secret of this, of this Kriyas Yamsa, to be able to split the Yamsa, to be able to bring Mashiach. It's huge. It's huge. It's, 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 it's like ripping the world apart. Bring Mashiach is huge. It's, 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 it's the whole Teva changes. Dead people become alive. It's just amazing. The whole, the whole, the whole, the whole fiber of the world is, is pulled apart. It's, it's, it's huge. So, 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 Tila, Tila is good. And you need to daven. But Hashem said, to, to, to split the Yam, Tell the Jews to be so. Got to do something. Got to break your nature. So, 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 not, so he jumped in, Nachshon, and the water went above his nose and he couldn't breathe naturally. He could not breathe. And he broke his teva. He was most nefesh. So Hashem broke teva and he split the Yamsa. So right now, everyone who's watching, Hashem loves us. And he wants to get this baby out. He wants to get this baby out. So the push, the push to get the baby out has to be something that each one of us has to break our teva. Whatever it is, you have bad thoughts, you talk, I don't know, you don't talk to your parents correctly. Whatever it is, everyone has to go inside themselves and look for something that's bad in your nature. Not something bad that you do. Something that's bad in your nature for you to stop that you have to break your nature. It's like, you don't like someone. You never want to say hello to him. And you're angry at him for something he did to you. And you pick up the phone tonight and you're like, I just want to tell you that all these years I was angry and I'm sorry and I'm asking you Mechila that's so against your nature. Oh my God. To ask Mechila from someone well, that hurt you. Boom! Baby's born. And each one of us that wants to see Mashiach, we need to break our nature. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was not natural. Every one of the makas, of the ten makas, broke nature. Because Mitzrayim believed in Avodah And part of Avodah is is worshipping the sun, that's nature, the moon. They worship the Nile. Hashem wanted to show them that what you feel is natural is not. It's me. So he turned water into blood. He brought one frog that you hit and thousands of frogs came out. He brought darkness that you couldn't get out of your chair. Every Bukhar died, including the Bukhar, the firstborn of the animals, including the firstborn girls. But anyone else in the family did not die. The lice, the boils, the 
the biggest one, which was ice and water together, which is impossible, Barod. And he went and he, each Makkah only happened to the Mitzrim, not to the Jews. It stopped at the border, which was not natural. Why wouldn't the locust go into your border? Why wouldn't the disease go into your border? So what God did was he broke the triumphs back by breaking nature. That's Mitzrayim. Mashiach, a dead person coming alive, is not normal. A Mitzrayim coming down in fire, everything that it talks about in the times of Mashiach is not natural. So for all of us to bring Mashiach, we have to break nature. So we have to break something in ourselves. Not the whole nation has to break the same thing. Everyone, something that naturally you do wrong, you got to break and you're there. You're there. You, you, you went from the amateur, you're, the, you're, you're, you're there. You're the number four hitter. You're the home run hitter. And he loves us. Listen to me, everyone. Hashem loves us. This is not a punishment. No tzaddik is getting up and saying this is a punishment. This is preparation to take us to a different level. Kleistral has never been on this level. How we take care of our sick, how we take care of our poor, how we take care of, 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 of people, Boniolam and Eitam, and I don't want to say certain names of things because I'm going to leave out. Everything. And the Bikacholim, you go to a hospital and you have to go to a Bikacholim room, there's more food in that room than in my supermarket. It's not normal. It's not normal. I don't care. I'm willing to get up and say, Kleistral has never been on this level. The amount of terror that's being learned has never been on this level. So we're not perfect. N- neither were they. When was Christ all perfect? Why are we beating ourselves up? When were we perfect? We had the base of Mikdash, we lost the base of Mikdash. We were there by the Zara. We did the three cardinal sins. Come on. We're better than we ever were before. So why? Why then? Rabbi Walsh so why? Because we got to take it up a level. we got to take it up a level. Why are there people dying? Why are there people sick? That's his cheshman. That's not our cheshman. There are very good tzaddikim and good people dying. So we, we Moshe Beno asked the same question, tzaddik v'raloi, and, and Hashem said, I'm not answering that question. So if Moshe Beno had that question, David HaMelech had that question, we also have that question, we don't, we'll never understand that. When Mashiach comes, he'll answer all the tekus, tekus, the people who learn Gemara, is tishbi yitar, it's kashim shayos. At that point, Mashiach will come and he'll answer, we'll all be like, oh, ah, didn't know that. Don't beat yourself up. It's not what Hashem wants. Hashem doesn't want people getting up and ragging about class. Well, I heard this one, someone sent me this tape of this guy got up and he was just ragging about everything. Like, well, you, you guy, like, Hashem's not happy with, oh, don't do that. He, he knows exactly what his children are all about and he loves them. Nobody wants to hear anything bad about his children. And, and I'm talking about an organization, talking about organizations, there's something I want to talk about tonight just for a moment. And then I'm going to end off the last 10 minutes with two amazing stories. So, there's an organization that, that contacted me a long time ago. And, um, I don't know, it sounded interesting. Um, they're called, everyone should take out a pen, okay? They're called Daily Giving, it's one word, D-A-I-L-Y-G-I-V-I-N-G, dailygiving.org, not .com, .org, dailygiving.org. This guy calls me up and he says, not everyone can go to shul, women don't go to shul, whatever it is. We want to start an organization where everyone every day gives a dollar. And then we're going to give that tzedakah, that dollar, we're going to pick out every day a different tzedakah to help out. 
I said, yes. You know, there's always ideas of people coming to me. Um, I didn't really jump on it. But look how Hashem runs the world now. None of us go to shul. So all the tzedakah boxes are not, no one's giving, I mean, that, no one, we used to always put a quarter, a dollar, guys came around, we were quarters and dollars, and there's nobody in shul, there's nobody going around. So he sent me a text today, just want to read it to you very fast. It's an easy and inexpensive way to guarantee that you get the midst of tzedakah every single day. Uh, the power of crowdfunding, giving $1 alone is pretty insignificant. But when you're giving it with a group of people, he said they have already, since they started, they already have raised over $700,000, $700,000 by people just giving a dollar a day. Daily giving takes nothing. The guys who run this, because it's run by volunteers, every dollar goes straight to DACA. Members get a daily email telling them our collective donation is going each day, where it's going. We have, they have a rabbinical, Rabbi Herschel Schechter, Rabbi Shmuel Greenberg, Rabbi Tobi Leaf, Rabbi Pesach Krohn. The donations are tax deductible. It's a dollar a day, 501c3. You get exposed to learning about new organizations. You can afford to give much larger group, people who give a dollar for each member of their family, whatever. Anyway, the bottom line is, um, you can give someone as a gift. The bottom line is, go to the website. Daily giving, it's one word. Dot org, and it's completely transparent, and this way, even if you're not in shul, you can join them. It's just a dollar a day. They raised $700,000, and guess what? All the money that's raised today, all the money that, that goes today, after this year, go to dailygiving.org. Don't go .com. You won't find it. Dailygiving.org. All the money, Bezrat Hashem, today goes to, not Ornava, TorahAnytime.com. You can give more than a dollar, but it's something that you should be, we should all be part of. So Hashem created all these things to any time, dailygiving.org, before we needed them. You think He doesn't love us? He absolutely loves us. Now, for all of you that think you're at home alone, I'll tell you a story. So, I've said this, I've said this over, some of you heard it in, I don't know if it was last night's shear, I've been giving shear all over the place, but I'm going to tell it to you very fast, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I'll have time for two, but we'll definitely have time for one, um, and I, I say this story over all the time by my Seder. So there was a, it's a very deep Kabbalistic story, some of you have heard it, some of you have not heard it. Um, there was a prince, a, 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 a king, a young king, his parents had passed away and he was, he was 19 years old. And um, they wanted him to get married. In those days, they would, they would, the, the, the king of one country would marry the queen of another country, or princess, prince. And then by, by the two countries getting married, they would combine the two countries. So this was a small country, and they had this 19-year-old, really good-looking king. And they made a shidduch with a princess from another, from a faraway land. And, um, okay, they put him in the carriage, the soldiers, and they're going to, to bring the princess back to his castle and to get married and to bring these two countries together. Everybody's very excited. And he gets into his carriage, and he's on his way. And they come to a crossroads in the woods. They're, they're traveling through the forest. And one of the trees fell down, so they're waiting for them to get the tree out of the way. And the king's sitting in his carriage. And all of a sudden, a hand comes out of the ground. Filthy, dirty hand. Alms oh, for the poor. Please, could I get a shekel? 
The king looks down, and he sees what looks like a girl in the mud. He says, excuse me? Oh, so the poor, can I get a shekel? And the king says, stand up. And she gets up, filthy from head to toe, her head, her hair caked with mud. And he never saw someone that looked so filthy and dirty, and she smelled. And he says, what are you? Who are you? She says, sire, I'm so sorry. My parents died, and I'm alone, and I stand by the corner here, and I live by collecting money. Could you just give me a shekel, and I'll be on my way? And all the soldiers, they think maybe it's a, a murderer. Uh, who knows what she is? And, and the viceroy that's sitting next to him says, sir, come on, we don't have time for this wench, for this peasant. He says, no, no. You live in my country and this is what you look like? Please, get into my carriage. And they're like, no, no, you can't. She's filthy. She's going to get the whole carriage dirty. He says, no, get into my carriage now. So she gets into the carriage and she's sitting across from him, dripping mud. And he looks at her. And he looks at her. And he looks at her. And he turns to the viceroy and he says, turn the carriage around. We're going back to the castle. Viceroy says, what are you talking about? We have to go to the princess who's waiting for you to get married. No. This is my princess. Sir, are you kidding me? This is a peasant, filthy no, you can't do this. There'll, there'll, you can't, there'll be a rebellion. Turn the carriage around. I'm the king. He's the king. They turn the carriage around. They come back to the castle. And she, they take her out of the carriage and all the people are standing there. How could he get back so fast? It can't be the princess. Everyone's talking. What did he bring home? What is this? And he turns to the women that are by the castle. He says, take her to my mother's room. Wash her up. Put on makeup, perfume, clean her up, do her hair, put on my mother's most beautiful gown. Eight o'clock is dinner, I want to see her in the dining room. And everyone's yelling at him. All the advisors, you can't do this. This is not, this is not a, a movie, this is not a story, this is not the, the prince and the pauper. This, this is what I want. Ladies and gentlemen that are watching, at 8 o'clock, into the room, or the dining room, walks the most beautiful princess ever seen in the kingdom. Magnificent! And everyone in the room is like, what? That can't be her, it's someone else. And the king pulls a chair out, he lets her sit down. And the viceroy's like, how did you know? He said, I took a couple of extra moments to look at her. I saw she had the most perfect features I've ever seen in my life. We just had to get rid of the mud. And everyone's just in shock. And they put the food down, 
and being that she's a peasant and was starving and never was in a kingdom, starts eating the soup and the food with her hands and it's all over the table and the floor and the viceroy turns to the king and says, it didn't work, it's not going to work, she's a peasant. You could dress up a peasant, she's still a peasant. He says, no, it's going to take some work and some time. Give me a year. She'll be royalty. Rekachoya took him a year. They taught her how to sit. They taught her how to eat. They taught her how to dress. They taught her everything. And he marries her. A huge wedding. And the best queen that ever was in that, ever over that country was her because she knew what it meant to be poor. So she built schools for the poor and food shelters for the poor. And there was never a kinder queen ever that lived. Rabbi Wallstein, nice story. Probably some women listening are a little bit teary-eyed. This is one of the deepest Kabbalistic stories ever written. Says the Medrash. Coming up next week, Wednesday night, is a night called Leil Shimurim. Because Hashem took us out, Bechipazon is the word, in a moment. According to the Medrash, God fell in love with us in a moment. It was a moment where we were on the 49th level of Toma, and he knew that he would lose us. If we had another minute in the trying, we'd be on the 50th, and he wouldn't be able to get this most beautiful princess that he loved so much. And Bechipazan, he knew, it's got to happen now. It's like a moment when someone falls in love, the moment that you know that this is the right person, and the, the, the guy comes home and says to his mother and his father, I met her, she's it. And they're like, what? It's not what you had on paper. It's not what you were looking for. And he's like, I don't know why. For why? What is she, what? I don't know why. I just, I just know she's it. When she comes home, she says, he's it. And like, How do you know? He, he's not this. He, the parents are trying to talk her out of it. He's not that. I don't know what he's not, but I know what he is. He's mine. It's a moment. All the dating, all the other stuff takes time. But that moment, and Emet Hashem, and, and I, 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 I tell my students that, that um, I, I like to be a witness by um, my girls that, that invite me to their weddings that, uh, and my tamidim, that I want to be a witness. I don't want a bracha under the chuppah. I want to be a witness. I want to be an A. And they're like, why? I said, first of all, I want to hear the word mekudeshes. I want to hear when a guy tells this girl, my student, that you're holy. That's number one. But number two is um, that moment that he breaks the glass um, and they lift her veil. They look at each other for a second. And that look, there's no one else in the room. Then everything goes crazy. But that look of like, we're married, and it says that when, when Mashiach comes, we're going to be walking up to Yushalayim, and the Goyim are going to be on the side, they're going to get up, like we do by Chuppah, and we're going to be walking to Hashem, and Hashem's going to be standing in the base of Migdash, the Shechina, and we're going to be walking up, and we're going to look at Hashem, that you're, you're Hashem Echad, Ushmar Echad, and Hashem's going to look at us, you're Yisrael Echad, Ushmar Echad. You're one, we're one, and I want to try to understand what that moment's going to be like, but so I like to see when they look at each other, and, I, and to capture that moment. It's a moment. And then everything goes crazy, dancing. They separate them between the Mechitza. But that moment is a moment. And Bechipazon in Kabbalah is a moment in the triumph where Hashem thought he would lose us because another second he would have lost us. So the Medjah says that um, that the Malachim, when, when Hashem said, I'm going down to Mitzrayim to, to take my princess, the Malachim said, you can't go to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, she's filthy. She's 49th level of Tumah. The Jews are full of Tumah. They're She's on the 49th level of Tumah. And uh, the Mitzrim on the 49th level, like, like, why then? And it says in the Medrash that they said to Hashem, the Mitzrim are the master. So if you're going to take one of these peasants out, take the master, don't take the slave. 
And Hashem said, no, that's who I want. I want them. So Malachim said, listen, but you're, 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 you're God, and it's Mitzrayim full of Elilim, full of Vodizara. You're gonna, you, you don't want to go there. We'll take, it's a beautiful message. We'll take the Jews out, and you meet us outside Mitzrayim. And Hashem said, that doesn't work like that. You don't get engaged by sending your friend to the girl. Oh, my friend wants to know, will you marry me? So Hashem said, I I'm, I'm, I'm proposing. That's the night of, that's the night of Pesach, when Hashem proposes to Klai Yisrael. So Hashem told the, the Malachim, you don't know who they are. You don't know who they are. They're Klai Yisrael. They're beautiful. And uh, the angel said, no, they're, they're, full of, they're peasants. And then they even said, they're right, because we, didn't, we, we wanted to go back to Mitzrayim. We want pickles. We want watermelon. We want to go back. And they said, look, you can take the Jews out of Mitzrayim, but you can't take the slavery out of the Jew. Hashem said, it's going to take time. And it took 40 years in, in, in the Midbar to get us into you know, to royalty, to come to Eretz Yisrael, whatever it is. But um, you see that the Malachim in the end realized that, because by the, by the Torah, when we got, went to Hasinai, they put two crowns on our heads. We became the princess. And Hashem was right. We were beautiful. And he saw what the Malachim could not see. He saw and he remembered the Alvay Sabusenu. And he remembered that even though we were peasants in Mitzrayim and we were stuck as slaves, that we came from kings. And that's why he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I remember my bris of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. These are not, pre- these are not peasants. Vayeda. I know who they are. Just like this prince said, turn around the carriage, I see through the mud, Hashem said, I know. I see. And that's the Pusik on this Medrash. That Vayar, what do you see, Hashem? I see through the mud. I, three, I see my children in Tavshin Pei. I see their beauty. You know, a lot of people are complaining about their ugliness. And we do this wrong, and we do that wrong, and we're full of mud. And Hashem says, no, Vayeda, I know. And I see who they really are. And that's where we're standing right now. And that's the night of Pesach. And that's the Zayar. And we'll end with the Zayar. In Perek Tzadik. In the Kavayasha. I would like to say it in Aramaic. Because there's a special Kedusha in Aramaic. And you should all, if you can, get a Kavayasha and read this on the night of Pesach. And know that for sure at the Seder, even if you're sitting by yourself, you're not alone. Listen to the Zaya. It is a chiyuv on every person when he's sitting to talk about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And during this talk, storytelling, God gathers all his angels. And he says to them, Zilu, come with me. Come and listen to the praise with happiness, no matter what's going on, everybody. You must sit by your state happy. About the Geula, about the redemption that's coming of their master. 
Those angels who many years ago Mitzrayim said, why are you taking them out? They're peasants. They admit to God on all those amazing miracles that happen. So we definitely cannot talk bad about our Jewish nation because on that night, the whole Pamalya Shemal, all the angels in heaven, everybody in heaven, admit that he has an Am Kadosh, he has a special nation that's all of us in this world. That are happy with the redemption which is coming of their Creator. And that gives God a special strength in heaven. And the Jewish nation, whether you're alone or you're with anyone else, by talking about God on that night, the night that's coming up, next Wednesday night, the night of the Seder, give koach, strength to God. And the rest of the world, it brings fear and trepidation for Hashem. So you're all asking, how could it be that we, measly human beings, on the night of Pesach, says the Zayar, can give strength to God? And the answer is that the next time God says to the angels, the Mazikin, the Makatrigim, and the Satan, you don't see the beauty of my children. You don't see their Torah, Tfilah, Chesed. And they say, no, they're a bunch of filthy peasants. God will say, you were wrong last time in Mitzrayim. Look at them at the Seder. Look how they are royalty. You are wrong again. And that will give the strength to God to bring Mashiach. And he says, be careful. Now that you know the greatness of the Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, don't say the Haggadah fast. Don't say it fast. And don't make it look like it's extra work. And for everyone who's listening, there's a lot of things going around to protect you from this disease and from Chath Shalom dying or getting sick. The Kava Yosha writes in Perek Tadik, but a person who, when he says the Haggadah, it's like work. And he says it because he has to. Or he says it lazy. And he says Wednesday night the Haggadah without happiness, but Kavan is low. Now when he's in a makam sakana, he won't be able to have a miracle. But a person who said, who talks about the miracles of God that he did in Mitzrayim, then when you're in a, in a, in a place of danger, Hashem, Mida, Kineged, Mida, you talked about all the, the beautiful miracles that I did. So for you, I see you appreciate miracles. I'll do more miracles. So this is how important it is that all of us are not alone on the night of Seder and 
we have to be happy. The boy le mechte behu laila begins the bechedus of mishdachach laila the satis is zoya. So tzorech lusmoich boisa laila. You have to be happy that night. Mishum shesimcha nimtzis lemala mata because there's happiness up and there's happiness down and there's happiness. So there's no question that bezrat Hashem. We're going to take it up a level, everybody. And this is not a time to be sad. It is a time to be sad of our loss, of course, but it's also the birthing pains. You're not having a kidney stone, Klai Yisrael. You're having a baby. And the baby is Mashiach ben Yosef, and the baby is Mashiach ben David. Chazak v'emot. Only talk good about the Jewish nation. Hashem knows our downfall. Everybody go inside yourself, break your nature, and b'schus that, we will see Hashem break the nature of the world. And we'll all be together, and we'll all say like, we'll have Tchiyas HaMesim, we'll all see them back, and we'll be back in the base of Migdash, and we still can... Uh, we can still do the Korban Pesach Mitzvah Hashem. So smile, be happy. Hashem doesn't hate us, not angry at us. He's just taken us to a place, and uh, yeah, we're giving birth. And Mitzvah Hashem will be holding that baby. Hashem will be holding his baby, which is Klai Yisrael. We are his children. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.